Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. It's nice to be live again. Hope everyone is having a good Thursday. Lots of news coming from the 49ers, but of course it's Thursday, so it's live Q&A. I've been looking forward to doing live Q&A with everybody. It's been a while since we had a conversation. Of course, we did have a reaction show on Sunday, but uh, I'm just really looking forward to seeing how everyone's feeling about this week as we move forward and just how the 49ers are going to do against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm looking forward to a really good conversation. So if you're in, if you're watching, go ahead and leave you know something in chat. Uh, say hello. Give the opportunity. Give it a like. Subscribe if you haven't already. You know, just, Let's just have a fun conversation. Let's get into this. Let's talk some 49ers football. And one of the big news that's going on is that Nick Bosa, once again, uh, wasn't seen at practice, so he's missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Of course, Friday will be the big day. If he misses Friday, then you start to question whether he's going to be able to play in the game against Tampa Bay. I fully expect him to be able to play. He is dealing with hamstring irritation. I don't know exactly what hamstring irritation is. I just know I don't want Nick Bosa to be hurt. I want him to be able to play. I want him to be able to produce for this football team. Because Tom Brady is playing quarterback for Tampa Bay, and he is a stationary target. Nick Bosa can get after him in a big way. And without Tristan Wirfs and some of the offensive line problems that Tampa Bay has had, this could be a big game for Nick Bosa, and that could be very helpful for this 49ers defense. And what's up, Mosquito Killer? How's it going? So I'm, I'm like optimistic about Nick Bosa's potential to be able to play on Sunday, but at least keeping an eye on it because he has... You know, missed a you know a couple of practices now. Mosquito Killer says, "Hope you're feeling 100 amount now, man." I'm getting close. Uh, every once in a while, I battle with my voice just a tiny bit, but uh, definitely you know excited to be able to go live and and do this and have a conversation with everyone. It was a long road back, and uh, it's 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 nice to be back and having a conversation with everyone. Uh, that's here and what's up Gary? How's it going? What's up Paul? Good to see you. Um, I do like that you had a a nice uh, question that you asked earlier. So if you'll pose that question, Paul, I would love to get into that, talking about the offensive line over the last couple of weeks. And Jan said, let's hope Bosa gets back. What's up, Jan? How's it going? I do think Bosa will be back. I think tomorrow will be something that, you know, goes well uh, for the, you know, for Nick Bosa. He's going to probably get out there. They'll go through their walkthrough uh, and then he'll get listed as questionable, but he'll end up playing I think the 49ers overall are in a pretty good spot injury-wise. Of course, 
They did lose, you know, special teams ace Tarvarius Moore. He's going to be out for a few weeks, so no Tarvarius Moore. Um, but for the most part, they're getting healthy. Uh, you know, you, Spencer Burford is getting ready to come back, so that's good news. Uh, he'll he'll be there. Brunskill played really well last week, which means the offensive line has guys, you know, that are, you know, going to be able to continue to produce. And so far, they've had pretty good chemistry along the offensive line. I mean, yeah, they've had, you know, time missed uh, for players here and there, but in the middle of that offense, it's been pretty good. Those guys have been able to to stay. So uh, I'm feeling good about that. And Jan says, hey, Ant, get better soon, brother. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, I'm working on it. Whatever this flu is that's going around, it's a killer. Uh, Mosquito Killer says, I think so too, probably in a limited role. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that, you know, at least if Bosa is able to get after Tom Brady early and often, um, I think he'll be okay. I mean, he was able to finish the game last week. I think that is important to remember. That's always a good sign. Paul says, and this is the question I'm talking about. Paul left this in the comments. I'm so glad we get to talk about it live. He says, it seems that the Saints and the and Miami had figured out a way to confuse our line. We're missing blocks and blocking space where there was nobody. Yeah, so what they're doing is they're what they're doing is bringing a lot of guys to the line of scrimmage and they're causing the 49ers to go ahead and adjust their blocking one way or the other with a slide protection or a max protect. And then what's going on is then they're bailing or they're having guys, you know, where that mean bailing means somebody that's showing a blitz or showing a rush leaves and then somebody else comes. So in the case of the Dolphins, there was lots of times where they would show that they were going to rush seven guys, six or seven guys at the line of scrimmage. Three would bail and they would only bring four, but because of where those four came from, they were able to get pressure because you were slide protecting right, for instance, and then a guy, a free guy came from the left because he was unaccounted for because you thought you were going to go ahead and handle the blocking to the right. So what they've done is confuse the 49ers blocking and they're taking advantage of the inexperience of Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford and Jake Brendel. And I think what's going on now, and, and this was probably a little bit had to do in the Miami game with Brock Purdy because quarterbacks handle so much of the protections, is when Kyle Juszczyk's not out there to help Brock Purdy with protections, you're going to have a little bit of confusion with who they're supposed to block. Now, Brock, can, if he can start picking this up the way Jimmy Garoppolo usually was able to do so, you can fix those things in the middle of the game. You expect to get looks that you're not used to seeing and then having to go ahead and you know adjust to them on the fly everyone has a new wrinkle that you haven't seen that you have to get used to so uh the good news is now that they've started seeing this that means chris Furster can really work on this offensive line and them understanding you know, what they're seeing and then hopefully you know with brock purdy how you check and some of those guys they'll be able to fix the blocking but really what it comes down to is once a problem is presented to you, you have to adjust to it. The only problem with that is there's going to be something else. But I think that's what it is right now. Inexperience is getting them because they have guys bailing out and guys coming from different angles. And I think that was, for the Saints, it was just they executed at a high level. I think with the Dolphins, a lot of it had to be they did a good job taking away the hot routes early, so it made Jimmy hold on the ball. But once Jimmy was out... uh they really didn't have anyone that was going to be able to handle, you know, those type of line calls. So now they're going to have to figure that out. I think they'll figure it out during the week. And I think that Banks did better in this one against the Dolphins than against the Saints. So that means there's a little bit of improvement. But it's all about conversation. It's all about getting on the same page. And it's all about, you know, that cohesiveness of playing together. But I think now that they've seen it on film, they're going to be able to adjust to it. And it's not going to be as easy, even though you're going to see the same thing from Tampa Bay this week. Tampa Bay will try it. I think the difference between Tampa Bay and the Saints as far as what they do is I think Tampa Bay is going to go ahead and make the um, make Brock Purdy beat zone coverage where, you know, last week Miami made him beat zero coverage, which is a little bit easier. If you know you got man coverage, uh, there's there's not a lot of reading. You're just looking, you know, ma seeing if somebody wins. Uh, that's kind of what you're betting on. So it's a little bit different, but yeah, it's it's going to be all about chemistry. It's all about conversation. You have to be able to talk, and then it's going to be about Brock Purdy understanding protections and being able to call those. And when he has a veteran player like Christian McCaffrey who's learning the system, that's why I said when Kyle Uchek wasn't out there, 
when Juszczyk is out there, he can call protections. So um, Juszczyk being on the field for the 49ers could be important for Brock Purdy, and maybe that's why we saw him on the field more last week than before. Um, Paul's, yeah, Paul was asking how he fixed it. It's just, about, it's just about working together and having communication, open communication at the line, recognizing you know, who you believe is going to come, uh, and then protections between you know, the, the guy calling it uh, and then the offensive line being able to execute it. And that's all things you can work uh, through film and everything like that. But what's up to everyone that, that joined chat as well? What's up, long time? Uh, glad to, he said, glad to see you back, Coach Ant. Thanks so much, long time. Really appreciate it. Glad to be back. And then Jay Ellie, what's up, Jay Ellie? How's it going? And Donald Johnson, uh, welcome to chat. So we we're talking about offensive line, and we we're talking about exactly the you know what has been going on with some of the struggles. Aaron Banks against the Saints, you know, had there were seven times uh, where he got hurt, you know, hurries against him, and so I think those were question marks. Um, but I think just you know, it's it's one of those things where offensive line is one of the most unique position groupings in the entire NFL because you have five guys that have to work together all cohesive and all working you know in one accord and just being able to talk and having that time to communicate is so important and it's one of those things that when something is presented against you you hope that you're able to adjust on the fly but some usually what it takes is practice time especially with young players i think veteran players We'll be able to pick it up. I think the good news is the 49ers are seeing it now and not seeing it for the first time in the playoffs uh, where it could have been catastrophic. And the more that's thrown their way, the more prepared they're going to be because uh, playoff games are a whole different animal. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. And so Mosquito Killer says, hey, Ant, I don't know if you got to watch film yet, but love seeing Brock Purdy looking off players, uh, sucking the linebackers and DBs into make a great throw. He did very good. Yeah, I did watch a lot of the film. Brock Purdy did a very good job with his eye discipline. He did a good job also of recognizing when there was going to be free rushers getting outside the pocket. There was something, you know, very veteran caliber about him. He wasn't a typical rookie in the pocket. You know, he wasn't focused on a, a receiver. He wasn't staring people down. He was looking down the center of the field to hold the safety this way, or if he was going right, looking off a, a guy this way. He right. He did a, such a good job, Mosquito Killer, of using his eyes to benefit him and to benefit his receivers. He was also canning plays. He even checked a play, which means he audibled. Those are things that are, you wouldn't normally expect from a rookie quarterback getting his first significant amount of playing time. But I think that's why a lot of people in 49ers land are feeling comfortable about Brock Purdy. Feel comfortable about Brock Purdy because you saw those kinds of things. Now, he's going to have to prove it week in and week out. And I mean, this week is, is a tough task as he goes against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, it's not easy. But Brock Purdy did talk to the media and he talked a little bit about you know, what, like what his expectations are and his expectations for, um, you know, what he wants to do for his teammates. And this is what Brock had to say. Yeah. Um, I, obviously the, the level and the competition is a little different, but in terms of like the mentality of, you know, going out and doing whatever it takes to win, you know, for your team, um, I feel like that mentality was really similar. Um, and also just trying to, you know, get my teammates respect. Like I just wanted to go out there and and play and, and show them that, you know, that I'm worthy of, of playing here and, and um, I'm able to get the job done kind of mentality. And so uh, I had that mentality when I was a freshman in college when I first stepped in against Oklahoma State and really nothing had changed. You know, just the level of competition and play it was better, you know, uh, for the Dolphins. So, but yeah, that was my mentality. And um, yeah, I'm really glad you know, we were able to win and I was able to do what it took, you know, to win. So. So Brock Purdy talking about, you know, coming in in the in the game against Miami and about how the real difference is speed. Talked about coming in against Oklahoma State, you know, and what that meant, that situation for his football team. But you see the way that he goes about his business is something that I think a lot of 49er fans are kind of gripping and grasping onto is just that mentality. And Mosquito Killer said, what have you seen from Brock so far? I think that's one of the things I've seen from him is poise. Uh, it's a guy that hasn't felt like the situation is too big for him. 
You see a lot of rookies come in and, you know, they just look like they're underwater. You know, they're trying to get their their footing. They they, they got to, you know, understand where they're at. Um, they're struggling a little bit here and there. But with Brock, it felt like he came in and he was like, okay, this is my opportunity. I'm going to get in here. I'm going to make plays. And he did. And, you know, he even said in his press conference after the game, all the zero, he felt like maybe they didn't respect him because he was a rookie. And I think that, you know, he just comes in there and he says, you know what, I've been playing football for a long time. I know this is the NFL. I know they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. But football is still football. You still go about leading a football team a certain way. So I like the way he's going about it and the way he handles, you know, his business. I think that's the one thing I really like. As far as the rest of it, there's a lot of unknowns about Brock Purdy. Did he make some good throws in the game? Yeah. Did he make some bad throws in the game? Yeah. I think, under, you know, knowing what we're going to get out of him physically uh, still be determined. And he's going to go against a Tampa Bay defense that averages giving up just over 18 points a game. They're no slouch. So Brock Purdy is going to have to prove himself this week against Tampa Bay and then a short turnaround against Seattle Seahawks. The reason that you can at least be hopeful, we don't know what we're going to get, but we can be hopeful, is the fact that he's got moxie. He's not nervous in the pocket. He's calm, cool, collected. It could change. That, that could all change. But for, for me, the mentality is what I like from what I see from Brock Purdy, and that gives me hope uh, for you know what he could do in the future, not to mention tremendous amount of talent around him. But Gary says the trenches are where games are won and lost. I couldn't agree more. The trenches are where games are won and lost. The offensive line for the 49ers has done a pretty good job over, you know, the, the amount of the season. A little bit of struggles against New Orleans. Of course, that was a good defense. They're going to face another really good defensive line this week against Tampa Bay. So, you know, they're going to have to make sure they step up. And, you know, anytime you have a big guy like Vita Vea and he's going to be playing in the middle, uh, hopefully, you know, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' sake, uh, he's been dealing with an injury. Uh, but that's one of the weaknesses of the 49ers, the interior offensive line. Jake Brendel, you know, his size against another really big physical guy uh, could be something to watch. So the trenches are won and lost. The 49ers defense is one of the best at stopping the run. That's always good news. Paul says Brock is making it really hard not to get excited and future trip. Um, yeah, I think it is. It, Brock, the way Brock goes about business and the way he's handling himself, uh, it, it starts making you think that you can get excited about you know the 49ers quarterback situation moving forward uh you're gonna have two young studs potentially with trey lance and brock purdy if brock purdy can expand you know expand on what he's done and he can help the 49ers you know the rest of the way into the playoffs and then who knows what if he can play really well uh, that's a good problem to have right i mean it's it's no different than you know other situations where you had RG3 who played at a high level his rookie year, and then when he got hurt, Kirk Cousins came in and played at a high level. So <clears throat> having two young quarterbacks uh, is is good for the 49ers. That's two rookie pay scales that they can expand on. So I, I think that's good. That's good for the Niners moving forward as far as what their room will look like. Gary says, uh, Brock does quite of college games, uh, has quite a lot of college games under his belt. He played a lot, 46 games in college that he started, and Brock Purdy did a really good job. Experience is not something he's struggling with, so I do enjoy uh, that for sure, the fact that he has that experience. It's it's interesting, right, because you have Trey who doesn't ha didn't have that experience coming from college, but has all the physical traits in the world. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's exciting. Um, and then you have Brock Purdy who's on the other end where he played all those snaps but he doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the, you know, the the speed like Trey does or the rocket arm. Uh, two guys from completely, you know, different scenarios. Um, but, you know, hopefully Brock Purdy can stay healthy and, and help them win um, because then I think that's good news for the 49ers between having those two guys over the next couple of years. Moses says something I'll be watching is if the DBs will let people be open all over, cannot do that versus Tom Brady. You're right. You can't allow space. Um, Tom Brady will throw into tight windows. You're going to have to get Tom Brady out of, you know, out of sync by getting him off his spot. Don't let him drop back, sit back in the middle of the pocket and then be able to throw. What you're going to have to do is collapse the pocket on top of him. That's one of the great things about having Eric Armstead back. Armstead will help get a push 
in the middle of that, you know, Tampa Bay offense. And that will make Tom Brady feel uncomfortable. He does not like having people get into his legs and into his area at which he likes to throw. And I think that that is something the 49ers can do. And then, of course, you've got Bosa coming from the outside, which makes you know a lot of attention go that way. What you're going to want to do is speed up Tom Brady's clock, make him get rid of the football. But you're right. They're going to have to go ahead and slow down these wide receivers. And they do have three wide receivers you know, that are at least very tall, which I, you know, I, I think about Julio Jones and, and Evans against Yammer Lenore. I think the size there could be a little bit of a matchup problem, um, but they have really good receivers that can, you know, put, potentially create. Their problem is they just haven't been able to score points. Uh, so this 49ers defense is going to have to somewhat lock them up. Hopefully they can get that done. JLE says, are looking into more defensive tackles for depth since we lost Ridgeway? I don't think so. I think what they're going to do is they're going to roll with T.Y. McGill. Uh, he's on the, you know, he's on the roster. I think they'll roll with him right now. And then let's keep an eye on what they do with Javon Kinlaw. If Javon Kinlaw window gets open, then at some point you can expect Javon Kinlaw to be back. Um, I would not be surprised, you know, if that doesn't happen here eventually. I think what they're going to try to do is get him maybe a game or two under his belt before they go into the playoffs. But uh, the Ridgeway injury came at a, a bad time. I mean, we're finally going to get a full rotation of Eric Armstead, you know, back with Ridgeway and Kevin Givens, and it, it was about to be set. But I think right now it'll be T.Y. McGill, and then, um, you know, hopefully hopefully those guys are able to produce. So Kerry Hyder's going to be expected to play some defensive tackle again, uh, but he's been able to do it all season. So I think that's good news for the 49ers. Google accounts says Brady and the Bucks offense played like crap for the full Saints game until the last five minutes. That kind of play will not cut it against our Niners D. I say the Bucks will not score more than 10. And I think, you know, that's you're right. The Saints defense absolutely put clamps on the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks offense hasn't been really producing all year. They don't score, you know, very many points. Uh, overall, the you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just you know, don't really get it done on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I mean, they they score 18.2 points per game. The 49ers give up 15, you know, points per game. So I think, you know, the 49ers give up 15.7, and the, the Buccaneers give, you know, score 18.2. There's a four-point difference with the 49ers averaging 22.6 uh, that they score, and the Bucks defense gives up 18.5. So... It's one of those things where the first team to 20 is probably going to win this game. And I have a lot more confidence in the 49ers getting to that, that number than the Buccaneers just because of what we've seen so far. The Bucs just really haven't proven that they can consistently score points. And uh, you would think with the weapons that they have and Tom Brady that that would be different. But uh, I don't think you're off Google account. I think, you know, double digits is, I mean, probably where they're sitting. We've had some... You know, through the week, you know, Jay Hill uh, thinks it's going to be 24 to 9 49ers. Uh, you know, we got some other ones coming through, you know, where people think that there's going to be, you know, 10 to 13 points. Uh, so the predictions are kind of around there. Uh, Gary says uh, Brock is Jimmy G 3.3. Interesting. Uh, what's up, Seth? How's it going? Says Nick Mullins had a couple good games too. Kyle knows how to handle the newbies. Yeah, Nick Mullins did have good per, a couple good performances. Uh, there were some lights-out performances. The one he had, I believe it was 2018 against the Raiders, was one of the, I mean, just great performances. Actually, his numbers are through the roof. The problem with Nick Mullins was the turnovers. He turned over the ball um, over two turnovers a football game, and that's not good. That's not winning football. That's where Brock Purdy's going to have to be better than Nick Mullins. If Nick Mullins, if Brock Purdy doesn't turn over the ball, uh, but plays to a similar level as Nick Mullins as far as yards and completions and touchdowns, the 49ers are going to win a lot of football games and they're going to have a chance to do things, uh, you know, as far as in the playoffs. So I, I think that, you know, the Nick Mullins thing, I think he's a natural person you compare against, but they are a little bit different in their overall uh, way of handling games. I, I felt like, Nick Mullins didn't really handle situational football very well. His football awareness wasn't that great where I thought that already in the one game that I saw Brock Purdy, uh, he knew when the clock was going down to call timeout, you know, he knew, Oh, it's, 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 you know, third and, and this, I need to do, I need to make sure I get the first down. 
Uh, there was a lot of understandings, taking sacks when he should have. And I think that's good news for the 49ers because we don't need a rookie quarterback out there as far as mentality. He needs to be able to operate like he's a veteran. Moses says also the matchup to watch Tom Brady versus Hufanga. Thoughts? Yeah, it was interesting. I listened to Talano Hufanga on the Richard Sherman you know, podcast and you know the things that Hufanga was talking about, and they were talking about his instincts and him with going what he saw. You know, even if he's wrong, and then when he does get caught, he put you know they put it in the book, and he just learns from it. I think you know there are going to be opportunities, and I think Tom Brady's going to try to take opportunities down the field against Hufanga. Though area where I think Hufanga could be very beneficial for the 49ers this week is going to be in blitz packages. I think if they can blitz Hufanga, bring him in the box. Uh, and then go ahead and blitz him, sometimes dropping Jimmy Ward off to play safety and then blitzing from the nickel position, Talano Ufonga. I think that could be huge for the 49ers defense. But you're right. I think Ufonga is going to be the guy that's going to, you know, Tom Brady's going to try to move around and take advantage of because of his eagerness to make plays. I think that could be a lot of fun to watch. And um, this 49ers secondary has been playing pretty good, but, you know, Ufonga, of course, made the huge mistake for the first play of the game. You know, and then there was another one, you know, later on where, uh, you know, who's it on? Is it on Hufonga? Is it on Charverius Ward? Well, one of them had another blown coverage. Don't do, you can't make blown coverages against Tom Brady. He'll make you pay. So hopefully they'll get that all figured out. Um, Let's see. KNDR says, if our quarterback is the Brock of our defense, the nation of domination. I love that. Uh, and then, did I miss anything earlier? I think KNDR did leave something. He said uh, he left his member benefits. Sorry, I missed it earlier, KNDR. The Brock says, know your role and shut your mouth uh, from KNDR. Uh, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Thanks for using your channel membership to leave the Super Chat. Uh, very, very fun. Uh, Bomber T says, Brock got the Glock Purdy. Be dirty about that slang, that thing. I uh, love it. I love all the things that are coming out with Brock. You know, a lot of people are having fun. Even Paul Heyman. Uh, who does everything for Brock Lesnar was having a lot of fun with it too. So uh, Google account says, Ant, have you checked out JT O'Sullivan's breakdown of Purdy before he got drafted? He was pretty impressed with Purdy, his footwork, uh, fitting the ball through tight windows. I have not seen that, but I will try to go watch that Google account and just see what uh, JT had to say about it. Um, the one thing I, I know about Brock Purdy is from what I've seen in training camp, he does throw really well in the tight windows because he was very successful in the red zone. That was an area he got it done at a high level. So uh, I think that is very true. I like his footwork. I like his, you know, the way he moves. Uh, it's He's he's pretty good. So I'm going to have to check out that video and see what JT O'Sullivan had to say about him because most of the complaints have been about arm strength for Brock Purdy, but the other stuff, the intangibles, the footwork, the intelligence, uh, so far I haven't seen anyone question those things. Uh, let's see what we got here. Kat says, do you think Purdy is more accurate than Jimmy? I think that can help over the top throws. Excited to see his first deep pass. I honestly don't know if he's more accurate. I think we're going to need to see a bigger sample size than what we've seen so far. He went 25 of 37. Uh, that's pretty good. Jimmy was throwing, a, completing over 70% of his passes this year. Jimmy was having an elite season as far as completion percentage and managing this football team. I think we're going to have to wait and see what Brock does. Now, some of the things that Kyle Shanahan said about Brock, as far as like him looking for that, that deeper option, um, I think when he's talking about that, he's looking for the deeper cross because a lot of times you're putting a defender into a vertical stretch. You have you know these different level concepts, and you're putting that guy, oh, is he, is he going deeper? Is he coming up short on this guy? Comes up short, you throw the deeper route. He said he's like likes looking for the deeper guy. He said what you like. Um, but you know, Brock Purdy's gonna have to make those throws, and those layered throws are hard because you have to throw it on enough of a line to get it there in a timely fashion before a deeper defender's able to close on it. But you also have to throw with enough air underneath it to get it over the underneath defender. That was what Tal I'm uh, sorry, what Tua Tagovailoa was having a problem with in this last game. Fred Warner jumped up and knocked that one away. And then after that, he was trying to put more air under it and he was sailing footballs over the top of Jalen Waddell and Trent Sherfield and Tyree Kill. And that's why open receivers weren't being able to get the ball because they weren't really open because you had defenders in the sideline and they were making him make these errant throws. So uh, I want to see how Brock Purdy handles those kinds of throws. Layered throws are not 
easy, but it felt like the offense was very similar to what Jimmy does where Brock Purdy attacked the middle of the field. So that makes me think he can probably be pretty accurate, but we'll see. And he's going to get hounded by a very impressive Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense this week. Paul says, uh, Purdy does, uh, does in my uneducated opinion, seem to get his feet set better than Jimmy does. They're a little bit different where Jimmy throws more uh, from a, a flat stance where uh, he, he kind of just gets there and he doesn't move his bottom half very much. There's not a lot of torque from it. He throws a lot from his upper body. Um, that's part of the reason, though, that Jimmy has such a quick release. The way he goes about getting that quick release is like, boom, you know, and the ball comes out. And I believe it, Jimmy Garoppolo for the season gets the ball out, and I think it's like 2.38 seconds. And then in this game against Miami, Brock Purdy got it out in, I think, 2.58 or 5.9, somewhere around there. So, I mean, he's just a shade behind Jimmy. But part of, that's part of the reason that Jimmy was able to get rid of the football so quickly was because he doesn't get his lower half engaged so much. When he throws down the field or he's trying to drive the ball down 20-plus yards, that's when he has to torque those hips and get his, you know, the bottom part of his body involved in these throws where Brock Purdy just kind of does that naturally with everyone. Um, also, it's a little bit different the shorter you are as a quarterback, what your base is as far as your delivery. So uh, keep that in mind as well when you're watching, you know, Brock Purdy. And then Jay Ellie coming through with some guys that he believes, you know, defensive line-wise, Sheldon Day. I, I do believe they brought in Sheldon Day at one point um, for a workout. They did not end up signing him. Uh, Malik Jackson, a possibility, Starla Lele, Malcolm Brown, Zach Kerr. Uh, you know, Zach Kerr was with the team, you know, last year. So, yeah, those are possibilities. I mean, Kerr, I don't think he stopped the run as as far as it, as far as what I was expecting. I think they still want a guy that's going to be a penetrator. I, I think that's why they went with T.Y. McGill. But I think those are all definite possibilities if the 49ers feel that they need defensive help. Uh, so if if that is the case, I mean, that's pretty good job, JLE, coming up you know, with potential players that could help. Clown Man, what's up, Clown Man? How's it going? Says, not worried about Tom or Todd Bowles' defense. Yeah, I think it does come down to 49ers' offense against that Todd Bowles-led Tampa Bay defense. That defense is good. They got really good linebackers. They got solid players along the you know the defensive line. Uh, they do have a little bit of an injury to uh, Vita Vea. If he's not ready to go, uh, then potentially that would you know be a big loss for the Tampa Bay defense. I think where they have some question marks is in their secondary. So if the 49ers can hold up on the offensive line, they're going to give opportunities down the field. And without having Shaq, you know, they don't have the same pass rush they had before. Uh, they still have Joe Tryon. They still have some, a lot of ability, but you're right, clown, man. I mean, it's less about Tom and more about that Todd Bowles led defense. And if the 49ers can score points, if they can move the football, if they can run the football against Todd Bowles defense. Uh, it could be a long day for Tampa Bay. Donald says it's it's not just completions. It's also where you place the ball. Like you can have not a good throw and the wide receiver can still catch the pass. That's true. Uh, I thought Brock Purdy did a pretty good job of putting the ball on people. Even the throw that he made, you know, to uh, Christian McCaffrey in the end zone. I thought he threw it, you know, behind him on purpose, protect him from defenders. Um, I thought there was a couple that were like crazy, like one over Debo Samuel's head, one over Brandon Ayuk's head, where you're like, where are you throwing that? But um, I think those are to be expected with a young quarterback. And so you're right, though, getting those completions in the right spot. The one thing that we got, we're going to have to see what happens is, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was very, very good about getting his receivers the opportunity to get yards after the catch. Is Brock Purdy going to be able to do that? The timing, you know, being able to get the ball out in rhythm and allow those guys to catch the ball. I mean, there was a lot of those where Jimmy, it looked like he walked down the field and set it in their hands. Uh, if Brock Purdy can give them opportunities for yak because we have the yak attack, that would be huge huge for this 49ers offense. So I think you're right. Completion percentage is one thing, but completions where we get these guys going is another. So what's up, Spy Nick Danger? Welcome to chat. Google accounts says, I keep hearing Brock looks to throw to the deep receiver first before throwing to the closer receivers that aren't as deep. Have you noticed this about him? Yeah, it's not really like a deep receiver. It's more like an intermediate. Um, so a lot of the concepts that Kyle Shanahan runs, there's usually an, an intermediate deep route, and then there's a, a, a more shallow route over the middle, his dagger concepts and things like that. So what a lot of times you're putting a certain defender because you're when you're reading as a quarterback, you're not actually reading the receiver. You're reading defenders. So how those defenders react 
do certain things, um, you know, make you decide who you're going to throw the ball to. So with one of those concepts, you have a levels concepts and you have two guys coming over the middle. What you're going to do is you're going to have a defender in a vertical stretch. If that defender comes on the short guy, you throw it over the top. If he go, stays deep on the other receiver, um, then you're going to go ahead and throw it underneath. What they're saying is that Brock Purdy wants to throw it, you know, to the over over the top guy a little bit more than he wants to with the more shallow crossing route or the shallow route underneath. I think it's more about just where his eyes are fixated at first, um, but his willingness to take that chance, I think, is what Kyle Shanahan is talking about. But really, it's all determined by what the defense does, and these concepts put guys into uh, precarious situations, defenders, and then how they react is what you go with. I think that's, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, I'm just looking for Brandon Ayuk and I'm looking to see if he gets open. That's not what it is. You're looking at the defense and where those defense are, defender are going to be, especially in zone coverage. That's where you're going to locate and find the hole in the zone. You have to count on your receiver to be there. So uh, I think that, you know, his willingness to look for that route and try to get it to him uh, is exciting for Kyle Shanahan because he wants those. He wants to take those shots. He wants that that deeper intermediate intermediate route to be the the one you hit, that's a, a tougher place because those linebackers, if you're playing, if you're playing the run and you're coming up, you're not going to be able to get vertical enough to take away that deeper route. So that's what Kyle Shanahan is hoping is that you're going to eventually be able to get those. And in 2019, that's where the 49ers lived with Debo Samuel hitting those intermediate deep routes, him and George Kittle. And I think that's what Kyle's hopeful for that Brock Purdy is going to be able to bring, especially if they can get this run game going again. Uh, Kat says, but also part of the reason Jimmy overthrows is because he throws uh, flat routes. Uh, he he does throw the ball pretty flat. What he's trying to do is get it on a line, and sometimes he you know doesn't get it over the top of the receiver enough. He's had a problem with not putting enough air underneath those intermediate throws. He puts tremendous air underneath his deep passes, but not the other throws. So you're right. I mean, that can be a problem, and that can be a problem for pretty much any quarterback. And Tom Brady does the same thing. Sometimes it's flat, you know, sometimes it's flat because they don't see a defender. Sometimes it's flat because, you know, they believe they can sneak it by someone. So I think that is kind of, you know, it just depends on who it is. Uh, Spiding Danger says it's a BCB Brock Purdy time. I love that. Uh, Cass is also is the reason why Jimmy overthrows because of flat. Oh, flat footed. Oh, is it the reason he because he's flat footed? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think sometimes it's his release point. Uh, where he goes ahead and gets the football. I do think sometimes he can get outside of his base uh, and then that will make the ball sell. So if he's a, he's got his feet a little bit too wide or he gets moved off his spot late, uh, he won't be able to get his feet underneath him enough to throw. And then that's when the ball can kind of kind of sail on him a little bit. Um, but I've seen him bring the ball down a lot more this year than last year. But you're right, that has been a constant problem for him. And some of it could be flat-footed. So maybe maybe it is a little bit of that. <clears throat> Ren says, did you cancel Madden simulation? No. So what happened was last week, I did the Madden simulation as far as I recorded it. I simulated it, but my voice did not cooperate enough to be able to record the audio. So I wasn't able to put it out. It will come out. We will have a Madden simulation this week. I already um, you know, have the video set. I'm going to record the audio either today or tomorrow morning, and I'll get it out. So um, no, the Madden simulation will be out this week. Don't worry. Sorry about the last one. It, 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 I wish I could have put it out. The 49ers did beat the Miami Dolphins in the simulation. Um, in fact, their offense went pretty crazy in that game, and it, and it was it was a fun one. I wish I could have got it out, but I wasn't able to. Sorry about that. Because uh, I you know I enjoy doing them. Um, Frank says aloha, Ant. How's it going, Frank? Always good to see you in chat. Um, Hiro, how's it going, Hiro? Welcome. Uh, good to see Hyro in chat. And then Frank says, me getting dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance? Go Niners. Yeah, that's how I feel about a lot of things. So um, what's up, David V? How's it going? Says hashtag TCC. What's up, fellas? Always good when David V comes through. Uh, Bomber T says, hey, Ant, could Brock's arm strength improve as he gets older and stronger? I don't know if that is something, you know, your arm strength, how much better it gets. I know a lot of times as far as like if you work, keep working on your motion, a lot of times you can change and get a little bit. But overall, your arm strength is usually arm strength. You can do things to improve it a little bit. But how much is he going to be able to add on that? I'm not sure. Um, the one thing I know is Purdy, if he wants to throw the ball downfield, he's going to be able to throw the ball downfield as long as he throws with anticipation and timing. That won't be a problem. 
The question is going to be, what is he going to be able to do outside the numbers with balls that go down the field? You know, those balls you really have to drive, you know, those 18 to 20 yard in cuts, those, you know, 18 to 20 yard, you know, outside routes, uh, out routes. Is he going to be able to throw those? Those are going to be the question marks to see if he has enough arm strength. But as far as rhythm, timely throws, as long as he throws with anticipation, uh, getting the ball out at 2.58 seconds like he did last week, he's going to be able to make all the throws within Kyle Shanahan's offense minus a deep bomb to Danny Gray. But most quarterbacks can throw the ball a pretty, you know, pretty significant amount of distance, whether they have the strongest arm or not, because they can put air underneath it and let the guy run under it. Uh, the problem is it just doesn't get there as fast. I mean, if you look back at Tyreek catching the ball from Tua Tonga-Vailoa, uh, that ball was in the air for a long time. But what he did was just lead him away, you know, from Tarverius Ward, let him run underneath it. That's kind of more about how you do it when you don't have as strong an arm. I mean, he'd love to have a guy that could just flip his hips and throw the ball 70 yards downfield. Um, but, you know, we do have one of those as Trey Lance. We don't have one of those with Brock Purdy. Hopefully Brock Purdy can do the things so that Jimmy did, right? And Kyle said the adjustment in offense from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy is a lot se more seamless than from Trey Lance to, to Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think is good news because the 49ers offense got stagnant with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm for the Denver game and, and so on. So uh, I think that's good news. Um, but Bomber T, the, maybe he gets stronger. I would love that. I, I just don't know. What's up, Siggy? How's it going? Um, I don't game like I used to. Says Jimmy blocks his front side off too far often on deep throws. Yeah, I'm, I actually very much agree with that. So, um, yeah, so um, I think that, that you know, Jimmy has a, some things here and there. Uh, technique wise and things that he does um that i don't remember him doing when he when he first came to the 49ers from new england so um you're right there are some things there that he needs to work on but uh you know he was doing a pretty good job for sure um yeah we're, of course we're still gonna do them don't worry I, I appreciate the the uh the thoughts on the commentary i really appreciate it i know we enjoy doing it um I'm, I'm glad you enjoy watching as well I don't game says Jimmy has done some work on his footwork, but he hasn't improved nearly as much as you'd hope. I think that's, I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's a very fair assessment because, you know, Jimmy, um, I, I kept waiting for him to kind of get more usage in his lower half after recovering from his ACL. Um, but it really hasn't happened. He still doesn't engage it very much. Uh, I do think that his elite release uh, definitely makes some things easier for him. And I think he relies on that. And I think that in this offense, um, you know, those timely precision throws, he does a pretty good job. And I think that protects the offensive line a lot. I think it does benefit the offensive line to have a quarterback that gets rid of the football really easily. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, he doesn't need a lot of space to get rid of the football either because he doesn't use a lot of that lower half to step into footballs. Uh, Siggy says mechanics will increase his range. He looks great to me already. Yeah, I love it, Siggy. Um, I think that, you know, with everything, you can get better with time. I think a lot of it is, you know, what can he handle mentally? I think as long as Brock Purdy can handle the game mentally, if he can process information at a high rate, he's going to be able to, you know, be pretty successful in the NFL. I definitely want to see it, though. I definitely want to see it. I don't game like I used to. Said Fun fact about Purdy, he added five miles per hour in velocity during the draft prep. That's unheard of. That is very impressive. Um, a cool, cool thing from I don't game. Uh, yeah, I mean that right now. I'm I enjoy Brock Purdy. What I saw in one, you know, the one matchup. I'm hoping he can go ahead and do it uh, again this week against the Buccaneers. Finding Daniel says, "Is this a ground and pound game?" I think traditional thought would be yes, that it's a ground and pound game. But I think here's the issue. Uh, Spidey Danger is I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to come into this football game. They're going to see number 13 and they're going to say, you know what? Uh, he's going to have to beat us if they're going to win. So I think they're going to load up the box. They're going to try to take away Christian McCaffrey and Jordan Mason, and they're going to make young Brock Purdy beat him. I think Brock Purdy's going to have to go out there and execute, you know, the same way he had to do against Miami. I think he's going to have to throw 35 to 40 times in this game. And I think that Kyle Shanahan's going to have to figure out ways to get, get the ball out of his hands and into the playmakers hands pretty quickly. And I think if they can't get home, to Nick, or I'm sorry, to uh, uh, to Purdy, uh, then he's going to be able to make plays because he's going to get the ball in his playmaker's hands and they're going to do some things. So I think Kyle would love this to be a ground and pound game. 
but I think teams are going to make Brock Purdy prove uh, that he can win. I think you're going to see defenses like we saw last year against Jimmy Garoppolo, where they load the box, they put a robber in the middle of the field, and they just say, all right, kid, you're going to beat us. And until he proves he can, that's what every team's going to do. Now, if he comes in there and the Buccaneers do that, and he lights them up, then next week Seattle won't be able to do that. Seattle will run their their you know traditional cover three and and try to play off because uh, it's all going to come down to Brock though. He's got to prove it. Frank says after five years of being behind the twenty six ranked pass blocking O line metrics, Jimmy has definitely ruined uh, or refined the quick release. It's pretty special, Frank. I mean that quick release is still an elite trait. Um, you know that's one thing that I love about Jimmy is how quickly he can get rid of the football. And I'm hoping that Brock can do something similar. That the differ differences between release times of Jimmy to Trey was over a second, and then Brock is kind of like it, Brock is just just behind Jimmy Garoppolo, where Trey's over three seconds. Um, Brock and Jimmy are under three, so uh, that's something to remember. Now, I mean, Trey's game is different, right? He moves moves the pocket, uh, you know, extends plays, throws the ball downfield. He also throws more outside the numbers and and down the field vertically. So. It is different, but I think with his offensive line, that could be important to have Brock Purdy, you know, with that quick release right now. Dan says, strange how Jimmy gets hurt soon after Trey posting him walking and throwing passes. Uh, there's a lot of strange, you know, I mean, multiple stories this year, Dan, you know, from, you know, Trey Lance being, you know, one of the most unproven quarterbacks to start a season, but just not a lot of reps in college. And then, okay, what's Trey going to do? You know, and then it's a redemption story because Trey gets hurt and it's a redemption for Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like, Jimmy's playing the best football he's played. This team, it looks like championship caliber. And then he goes down and then I, now it's Mr. Irrelevant. Um, a lot of strange with this season for sure. Uh, yeah, and then um, Palmer says, great explanation. And if this kid keeps improving, could he be a possible quarterback one in the NFL? I won't put anything past, past uh, Brock Purdy. I won't put anything past any quarterback. Because I think we've seen too many examples, you know, where a quarterback is maybe, you know, I mean, we're going to have Tom Brady come into town, you know, pick 199 and because of injury gets an opportunity and he just never comes off the field. Now, I would say if you look at the physical gifts uh, that Brock Purdy has, you wouldn't put him as a, a normal quarterback one in this league. But um, there's a lot more to playing quarterback in the NFL, you know, than physical gifts and how hard you throw it or how far you can throw it. It's more about how fast you process information and can you get the ball where it needs to be at the right time. And if you can do those things, you can play quarterback in the NFL. doesn't matter how tall you are, how much you weigh. None of that matters in the grand scheme of things. Just as long as you can get the ball from the snap to your receiver's hands uh, in, in a significant amount of time and give them an opportunity to make a play, that's what it's about. So uh, if he can do that, I mean, then, yeah, we're going to have questions about him being quarterback one. And I hope we do. I hope he comes in, tears it up, and they win football games. And we have to ask the question, is Brock Purdy, you know, a, a potential starter in the NFL and a starter for the 49ers? I think that is what everyone should hope for at this point. Google accounts is based off the fact that Purdy played four years in college. Um, hence has more experience than Lance. Do you think Purdy gives us a better chance to win at this moment than Lance? I think when it comes to Trey, he's just not healthy. Uh, if Trey Lance was healthy right now, I don't think that Kyle Shanahan would play Brock Purdy over Trey Lance. I think he would play Trey Lance. Trey Lance is so gifted uh, and, and all of those things. I think the experience factor for Brock Purdy makes the transition a little bit easier for him just to getting, you know, playing time because then Trey just needs more time. But if Trey would have played, you know, if he wouldn't have got hurt and Trey would have played until now, he would have had plenty of experience to be ready for this moment. I can't tell you, you know, what his season would have looked like or what this team's record would have been. I just know he would have been more experienced. But now that Trey Lance is injured, Brock Purdy has an opportunity to make all those other question marks about physical gifts uh, null and void. And now he goes out there and can prove, you know, what he can do with his you know, mental uh, characteristics like we're talking about with his experience in college, uh, being able to decipher coverages and then get the ball to the playmakers. And then if he plays well, um, then that changes the thought process because then it doesn't matter who's bigger, stronger, faster, or, you know, who was drafted higher. It's about who wins football games. And that's all you're really asking for at that moment. So, um, I think I don't I don't know if Purdy gives us a better chance than Lance. Uh, I think he does for the mere fact Lance is hurt. But I think if they're both healthy, 
I, I don't I don't think that's you know would normally be what Kyle Shanahan would think that Purdy gave him a better option uh, opportunity. Um, Spy Nick Danger says, and what can Shanahan do to protect Purdy from the Todd Bowles defense? Uh, have the you know move the pocket. Um, I think it's about getting the ball out quickly. So you're talking quick screens, um, you know, locating blitzes and then getting the ball out of his hands quickly. I think it's about getting ahead of the sticks. But when I'm talking about getting ahead of the sticks, it means having success on first and second down. You don't just run the football, you know, if they're stopping the run. If they load the box, you know, you want to pick up four or five yards in the passing game. Here's a quick screen to Debo or a slant to Brian and Ayuk or, you know, an out pattern to George Kittle on a choice route. You want to get ahead of the sticks so that way you're at third and two, third and three, where it's you have the option to run or pass. That leaves play action available, but also means that in a checkdown situation, you can probably get a first down. I think that's how he does it. It's by getting ahead of the sticks and then moving the sticks pretty consistently to make it easy for Brock Purdy. You don't want to get Brock Purdy in third and eight plus against a Todd Bowles defense where they're going to be able to come after him in a big way. I think that's how... You know, Kyle Shanahan can't protect him. I think if they can, you know, loosen up this Tampa Bay offense through the passing game and get some early points, uh, then the run game will open up. Tampa Bay will have to adjust, won't have as many people at the pocket, or I mean in the box, and then uh, they'll be able to run the football. And that will really, you know, help out Brock Purdy. But I think he's going to have to prove it at first. I think they're just going to make him do it. Uh, Siggy says Jimmy's velocity looked better this year. I do think so too. I think him coming back from injury, him rehabbing, I think his arm got stronger. I think he got, you know, stronger with his lower half. Anytime you do rehab, uh, you do come back a a stronger player. So I think Jimmy, you know, was at one of his strongest points uh, in his career. Biggie says Purdy evaded the rush like a like like Wilson, really quick first step. Yeah, his his you know his splits and his 10, uh, 10 yards are really good. He was able to get outside the pocket and, and uh, you know get away from free rushers and then be able to make throws on the run. I think those were nice off platform throws for from him is good. He's a four, eight guy. So he's got enough speed to be able to get out and make a play. Um, so yeah, I, I was definitely excited about that. Cause there were, you know, other quarterbacks that would have been sacked in those situations. And we would have been, you know, talking in a different light about, you know, the 49ers situation. Cause I don't know if they would have beat Miami. If Brock Purdy would have been able to make some of those plays. Frank says Jimmy going through his fifth read and finding CMC. Jimmy didn't just learn how to throw. He has been capable the entire time. There is another issue in play here. Um, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy was doing a great job reading the field. He really was. I thought he was better in his progressions than I've ever seen him do. I thought he had full command of this offense. I had no problems with Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought he was playing the best football that he's played his entire career. So I was definitely disappointed to see him go down and get hurt. Um, I'm optimistic that he could come back for the playoffs in what you know category that I think needs to be determined by how Brock Purdy plays over the next several weeks. If Brock's playing just good enough to get us in the playoffs, that's one thing. He's playing lights out. Um, that might not be you know a situation where Jimmy comes back and plays, but if he's really struggling, you might want Jimmy at that point. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. But I, I have nothing bad to say about Jimmy. I thought he did such a good job for us. Um, helping after the Trey Lance injury and, and really getting this team to a, a place where they've been able to win five straight. What's up, D. Will? How's it going? And then Frank says, Jimmy needed to walk up to Kyle and say, don't ever talk blank about me again. He did it in a way by saying, your plays suck. Uh, the players in the locker room know we might, uh, we, we and we might in the distant future. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, I think that they've had, you know, they've had their, their, their kind of dust ups, of course, you know, and he talked a little bit about how they were getting on the same page and how their relationship has grown. Um, I think there were things in the offense that Jimmy Garoppolo wanted to do that Kyle doesn't really like to do, including um, playing from the shotgun. Kyle's not a huge fan of, you know, running the ball and playing out of the shotgun because it changes the run game angles where Jimmy feels more comfortable playing in the shotgun. So I think that they had some, you know, some pushback there. Um, but I think that is always the case, especially in relationships that extend as long as they have. And they've been together since the 2017 season, and they've had all kinds of moments, you know, that would uh, push and press and stretch any relationship to the limit, you know, including the drafting of Trey Lance, um, you know, the entertaining of Tom Brady after the 2019 season. I, I just think that there are, you know, there's certain things that, you know, make it tough. Um, and I give them both props for being, uh, you know, professional enough to get through it and do what they needed to do to win. They have to be on the same page somewhat to be able to win five straight games in the NFL. So 
proud of them and what they were able to do. Um, I don't game says, according to reports from uh, the guys who handled Purdy's draft prep, his cognitive skills are elite. He graded amongst the elite NFL quarterbacks in his ability to process and go from recognition to reaction. That's huge. And that's what NFL quarterback is really about uh, is, is being able to process information and then make the appropriate decision, you know, in the fastest, you know, amount of time possible. Uh, and I think that if, you know, that's what he showed in the limited sample size we saw against Miami. And if that can continue, then yeah, you have a guy that can pull the trigger for your offense and do enough to win football games and you can do enough you know, to get you into the playoffs. And I think that's good news for the 49ers. And you know, if, if it's, if it's really an elite level um, and he's able to do that, then that means, you know, he's got a potential to be an NFL quarterback one in this league with those kind of capabilities of, from his intelligence. And I, I think that would be great. Cognitive skills are very important to quarterbacks. Google accounts says Jimmy will be back just in time for the NFC championship game against the Eagles. Um, yeah. I mean, he could be back. We'll see. I seen uh, David Lombardi did a report today where he said, if it's just the broken foot, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could be back in five weeks. I know uh, Greg Papa had said that on uh, KMBR as well, that five to seven weeks was more realistic without any of the ligament damage uh, or tissue damage. So um, there's a potential that he could be back, you know, for the first part of the playoffs, whether that's in a backup role or, you know, if he becomes a starting quarterback, we'll come down to who Kyle Shanahan believes gives the 49ers the, the best chance to win. And, uh, you know, Randy Daytona says, no, Jimmy, go Brocky. Well, if Brock Purdy plays at a extremely high level, um, I think it'll be him. You know, I don't think they'll, they'll mess it up. But if he's not playing at a high, you know, really high level, they're limping into the playoffs. Um, then, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo could definitely galvanize that team. That team loves him. So I think that's something to, you know, keep in, keep in mind. Frank says, how is Kinlaw's knee really? I think his career is in jeopardy. Lower body issues are a real concern for players, especially bigger men. It's just a reality. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone really knows. I think the closest thing we got to an answer was Kyle Shanahan two weeks ago was asked about Javon Kinlaw's availability. And he said he was getting close. Uh, he had like a, a snarky grin. I don't know if that meant he was really getting close or Kyle Shannon just is saying that we have no idea. The one thing I do know is that the 49ers have, you know, three players on IR that they could consider bringing back in only two spots, Trey Lance, Javon Kinlaw, and Elijah Mitchell. I believe that they knew when they put Elijah Mitchell on the IR, which two players they were going to bring back or which one of those two players they're going to bring back either Trey or Javon Kinlaw. Um, so if it is, if it is Javon Kinlaw, Expect him to come back over the next several weeks. Um, they have, you know, a couple road games, and Kyle's talked about the fact that when they make plane rides, not always the best situation for Javon. Um, but if they could get him back for the last couple regular season games and get him ready for the playoffs, I think that could be huge for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Daryl, thank you so much for the super chat. Says BP has so many weapons, lean on them. And I think that's a great way to look at it, Daryl. Lean on your weapons, let your weapons you know, help you make plays. And I think, you know, Brock Purdy's going to go through with Kyle Shanahan and they're going to go through the the plays that he likes in this offense and the things that work for him. And now this offense is going to be uh, more pushed and, and towards, you know, the, and filtered towards the way that Brock Purdy goes about handling offense, you know, and handling quarterbacks. So um, it's going to be a way different look than it was even last week where the 49ers, you know, went in there and had a game plan set for what Jimmy Garoppolo does, his skill set, and now it'll be about Brock Purdy's. Now, the big difference, though, is Brock Purdy's offense is not that much different than what Jimmy Garoppolo's is. There's a lot of the throws that they're going to make that are the same. There's a lot of plays that they're going to make, especially over the middle of the field, that they're going to see the same. So I think those are things that are important to remember about the two quarterbacks, that there's a lot of similarities between the two as far as approach. I'm not saying skill set or anything. Um, even though they do have some of those characteristics, but just approach and how they see football, I think is important. Uh, what's up, Chris? How's it going? Says Jimmy played his last game as a Niner. If Purdy makes it to the NFC Championship game, you think he's going to switch quarterbacks after he takes us that far? I doubt it. I'm with you. You know, if they get to the NFC Championship game and Brock Purdy's been playing at a high level, you know, if, if the 49ers are scoring points on offense. Now, the one thing I will say, Chris, is if if Jimmy Garoppolo is available, and you won the divisional round, you know, or you won the wild card round of uh, 13 to six, and you won the divisional round, um, you know, nine to three, and your offense is really struggling. 
then Jimmy Garoppolo is a legitimate option at that point. Now, if Brock Purdy's coming in there and you're scoring 20, you know, 20 plus points a game, you're winning games by double digits in the playoffs, then you're right. You're gonna stick with Brock Purdy, you're gonna roll the, you know, that that hot hand, and you're gonna put bring Jimmy Garoppolo back as the backup. Um, but I think there are scenarios in which Jimmy Garoppolo does come back to this team if the offense is struggling. I hope that's not the case for the mere fact that I want to win the Super Bowl and I don't care who the quarterback is. If Brock Purdy is tearing it up, then by God, it's Brock Purdy. Let's roll with him. Um, you know, and, and I think that's that's what I'm okay with. Mike Gumphrey says, checking in late. What have I missed, Coach? Uh, we've had some fun conversations. We talked about the offensive line. You know, and some of the things that they, you know, were struggling with. Uh, we talked about Nick Bosa because he missed two, you know, he's missed two practices this week. Um, but optimistic he's going to play. I think tomorrow he'll probably go through walkthroughs. We'll see. That's something to pay attention to. I think if he goes through walkthroughs tomorrow, he'll be questionable for the game, but then he'll ultimately play. They've been managing these injuries. I think those are the big things. Um, but we've been going through a lot of things about Brock Purdy as well, um, talking about, you know, some of the things he's good at, some. I mean, some great stuff from I don't game. He's been talking about some of the cognitive things and uh, some of the breakdowns from the draft. It's been really, really fantastic conversation um, so far, Mike. So it, it, it was, it's been a fun episode. Frank says, I have never seen a quarterback win a game alone ever. Only teams win. That's the, that's true facts. Uh, true, true facts. I think there's a lot of spotlight that is put on a quarterback, you know, to win. And um, I think that, you know, really when it comes down to it, all quarterbacks are game managers. There's not that many quarterbacks in this league, um, you know, that can can kind of carry a team. You know, if you, I mean, you just go back and you watch, you know, uh, Joe Montana. He was an absolute general out there, um, but he had playmakers that helped him make plays. You know, it wasn't all on him. And you're right, Frank. This is a team game, and that's part of the reason we can even have a conversation about the 49ers still winning in the playoffs is because they have such a team like they have that a quarterback like Brock Purdy can help win. And I think that is good news for the 49ers and, and a testament to John Lynch and Kyle Shannon and, and what they've done building this roster. Dan says, best quarterback-friendly team, including the defense. I'm with you. Uh, I don't think there's a, a team in this league that could have went through the injuries at quarterback that the 49ers have had and still be one of the best teams in, in the league. I mean, you take Jalen Hurts off of, of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they got a really good football team. Um, are they winning without Jalen Hurts? I don't think so. Uh, you know, you, you, you go ahead and you take... Uh, um, Patrick Mahomes off the Kansas City Chiefs, they're they're done. Um, you know, so I mean, I think the 49ers are one of those unique teams where I didn't, I didn't, I'm not sure, you know, I didn't think that they could overcome, you know, losing, um, uh, I'm sorry, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but with a defense this caliber, maybe they can. We're gonna find out in the next uh several weeks. Uh, what is up, Edgar? How's it going? I hope you're having a good one. Frank says, in the old days, Aunt Jimmy would have taken the needle. All of them would have, or they would have been gone. Yeah, a different world back then, right? I think injuries now are just at a different level. Uh, the way that, you know, injuries are approached. It's about taking care of the players. Um, it's about making sure players stay healthy. I think that's better for the football game, but you're right. Back then, uh, injuries were taboo. You know, hey, if you're injured, you can't play. If you're hurt, you can. Um, there was a big difference between hurts and injured. Uh, Frank says Montana was seen as a game manager. Bill Walsh was the brilliant one. You're right. And uh, it was. So the fact that he could go through those elite, uh, you know, um, reads, you know, I mean, the way they were changing routes in the West Coast offense, breaking this off because of defenders, uh, you know, Montana being able to go through all of it. One, two, three, four, back to two, back to three. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, Montana, yes, yeah, seen as a game manager for times, right? Wimpy, wimpy Montana is NFC's best against Marino or things that they were saying. Um, but he's one of the greatest to do it. And you know, he wasn't exactly the biggest, the strongest, or the fastest, but he could process information really well, and he could make his body do what he needed him to do. Vitamin D says 49ers are, oh, it says 69ers. That's a team I can get behind, literally. Ha, 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 <laughs> Edgard says, hmm, sincerely, I simply, what an opportunity Brock Purdy got um, from Sky. Yeah, Brock Purdy, uh, got himself an opportunity, and I think he knows what opportunity he's got presented in front of him, and he needs to go out there and seize it. Uh, of course, he wants to win for his teammates, but it means a lot for his career too. So, yeah, I think it's good. Uh, Frank says Marino and Elway made Montana look like Barry Manilow. Well, Joe Parents did that. Yeah, it, it, they you know they were big, strong, physical dudes with all the ability in the world. And uh, there's little Montana just handling business. It's it's interesting. It really is. 
Um, well, thanks everyone for coming through. I really enjoy this live episode, live news update. If you're just checking in, go ahead and, and go back and watch it. If you didn't get an opportunity to like, comment, subscribe, um, I really appreciate everyone coming through. It was fun to get in comment with everybody. I'm going to go live again in the next couple of days. I'm going to do a game preview show. So make sure you guys hop in for that. That'll be a lot of fun. And then, of course, after the game on Sunday, the live reaction show. So a couple of lives coming up. If I can squeeze in any more, I will. Hope you guys all come through and, you know, and have a lot of uh, time. Uh, I think it'll be fun. And I see something come through from Flat, uh, Flat Plain, Oregon real quick. I'm not comparing or claiming Purdy as Joe 2.0, but I see he has... Montana-esque skill set. Um, I'm going to leave everyone with that. Let me know if you guys think he has a Montana-esque skill set. I like Flat Plane coming through at the end with something to chew on. Thank you so much for that. Um, but you guys all have a good Thursday. Enjoy some Thursday night football, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. But until then, stay safe, and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.